Are you prepared? I am ready. Butterscotch shenanigans. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 95 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the shepherd of robots. I'm Zim. And today is April... Levine. <laughs> 25th. Oh, fuck. 2017. <laughs> Warning, anything could happen on this show. There's going to be <laughs> cursing, swearing, and dang old, just a whole, whole crap just load a, of bad words. Yeah, just a gosh darn lard of it. So if you, uh, <laughs> just, uh, just so you know, I'm not going to tell you to stop listening because, you know, you shouldn't be listening. Is, anyway. a, is a lard a unit of volume? I think a it lard? is. A lard? Yeah. Well, there's a larder, which is more lard one than something who else. lards. Oh, no, wait. So lard, lard is a verb, but also... A unit of measurement. And if, so if you like lard more than somebody else, then do you also you you lardered. You lardered. You did it larder. Right. Mm-hmm. You lardered. You did it lard. All right. So listen, we got we got some news that we need to talk about. Okay. All right. So first thing this week, I had a weird thought, and I don't know what this means. Okay. Are are people okay I'm are, following you? Are people things or are they events? Okay. Just stated in your brain holes for a moment. Okay. All right, so are they things or <laughs> so in nature, there's there's air, there's humidity, there's moisture in the air, right? It's just okay. there, right? Sure. And then yeah. at some point, there's a storm, right? Mm-hmm. All the same pieces are there, right? But all of a sudden, they start moving around and doing things, and so the activity is a storm, right? It's not the components that are a storm. Right. But then is okay. And so, so you're saying a storm is an event? A storm is an event, right? Okay. We view a storm as an event that happens, right? Sure, maybe. And so a person, similarly, you know, is made up of just regular old stuff that's found out mm-hmm. in nature, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point it comes together to make a person that goes around just doing stuff all over the place. And then at a certain point, that person stops happening, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Yeah. So is a person an event? Well, is your is your definition of the difference between an event and a thing something that can start and stop happening? Yes. Because in which case, aren't we all just, isn't the whole universe just an event? Yeah. Okay, how's that? That was pretty easy. Cool. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty cool to think about. Uh, we're, anyway. We're events, we're events and we can spawn new events. Speaking of people being events. Event babies. Sam mm. happened this weekend. He did. To... <laughs> Sam happened to a class reunion and somebody else happened to Sam's face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's funny because I just, you know, I told, I told my wife, I think like a week ago, I don't know what video game I was playing, but there's always people with really cool face scars. Yeah. You can even just choose your cool face. Scars yeah. You're like, games. I'm going to pick one. You have to pick where it came from or how painful it was to get. Right. Yeah. You're just like, I would like that face scar. Well, scars are a great thing to have cool face scars are a great thing to have gotten in the past, right. but yeah. not to get. Although it actually Correct. is pretty weird that just the sheer density of scars like or frequency of people who have scars in video games, right? Like every character yeah, has like, a scar. Especially they, on their well, face. They, on their they face. live in a very violent time. Yeah. People are getting hit in the face by golf f- balls, baseballs. Football, basketballs, <laughs> just beach balls. You've been playing a lot of sporting events. It's a um, very good, but video you, games are very sporty. Do you think it's the case that the the general population had a, a face scar back in the day? Like I still, I don't like think, everybody. Well, no, you got to like look everybody? around. You got to look around the NPCs. You know, like all mm-hmm. the player characters have face scars. But the NPCs are all fine. The NPCs are fine because so they're not playing enough sports ball. Well, yeah, so right. it's, it's a face scar just a signifier. Maybe that's the reason why people want it. Heroes, it's like a signifier of activity. Heroes have face scars because they're out in the shit kicking ass. But wouldn't the best hero not have any scars? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So you can't tell the difference between an NPC and the best hero. Maybe all the what NPCs if, are just the best heroes. I was going to say, what if the NPCs are actually way better than you are? They're just sick of it. And yeah. they're just hanging Maybe out. Maybe it's a rite of passage. You have to go fight dragons and stuff, and then you get to buy a house and you just retire. Yeah. yeah. So really, as the hero, you're like the lowest social rung yeah. of society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody else just gets to hang out. And they're like, <laughs> you come in. Do you stuff know, Yeah, because you come in and they're like, gosh, you know, could you grab me that book? <laughs> from a shelf and you're like yeah i guess That's true. You and you and it. you go you get them the book and they're like here's a gold piece thanks thanks buddy here's some xp too while you're at it it's because they have all those investments from when they adventured and didn't get any scars because they're, they're so way bad. better at it yeah. than you are yeah 
But anyway, so so yeah, you're just you're just going around. You're like a you're like a a, a nomad just mm-hmm. looking for for odd jobs to mm-hmm. do for like a penny, you know? Because mm-hmm. everybody else is apparently has infinite money and they're just all retired. They've been around. It's old money, you know. They've been around a long time. Yeah. The system's rigged. You know, it's rigid structure. They're at the top. You're at the bottom. Yep. It's not gonna change. Yep. You go fight dragons. Wealth begets wealth. You yep. just you got to go out and fight the dragons. You're gonna pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. And maybe one day you'll get to finally kill the dragon, and then you get that dragon money. Yep. And then you can join the upper echelons. Mm-hmm. But for now, you're just everybody's punching bag. Yep. Wow. It's deep. But yeah. So I was uh, <laughs> I was out with some some old classmates from school, from college uh, this weekend, dancing like a maniac for the first time in a couple of years. Having a very good time. And a friend of mine was standing next to me, also dancing. And she was, you know, bopping with her hands, hands coming in and out. One of those. Mm-hmm. And I was, I don't know what I was doing. It's your classic hand bop, dance, hand bop. dancing. I don't know handy if I was flinging my head around. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> but I got jabbed you in were the probably, face. <laughs> you were probably whipping your hair like a shampoo model. I probably was. So yeah. I, in, in the, you know, the throes of my party. You have a head bopping passion. Uh, I was struck in the face. By a, by a stray finger, which happens to have a very sharp nail attached to it. <laughs> so I sliced the uh, the area right above my brow, like in a, in a video game, pretty much exactly where you'd get the classic sort of... Uh, yeah, it didn't go into your eyebrow, though, which Yeah, it didn't go. That would be the next level. Or yeah. if it went all the way down the eyebrow and then cheek. a little bit on my cheek, too, that yeah. would have been... But somehow it didn't actually best. get you in the eyeball. I think what yeah. you mean is you got hit in the face by a claw. Yeah. I, yeah. Because, I mean, I was. we do have claws. We just cut them down and call them something yeah, else. Yeah, so I was yeah. clawed. You got human clawed in the face. Yeah, so I got. I do have a scar, definitely. I think I, w- I will definitely have one at least. It's a big, it's a pretty good cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that shapes up. If I can turn into a cool now that, here now that now. you got yeah now that you got this scar, if you want to run a couple errands for me, <laughs> I'll give you like a, a dollar or two. <laughs> some, some chocolate from Walgreens or something. Get some XP. I do actually. I got to get that dragon. How much XP is a Walgreens run worth? It's like sixteen. It's not that good. No. It's, Pretty, it's pretty low tier sort of fetch yeah. quest. Uh, I guess it depends on what level we are right now, though. It's true. If you're level one, that might be just all you need. Level one might, yeah. 16 XP is probably going to get you to level two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, all right. Next next news item. Mm. Uh, Ludum Dare was this past weekend. Ludum Dare. Ludum Dare, or so, yeah, some people call it Ludum Dare. <laughs> so, Ludum Dare was this weekend. <laughs> You sounded like my my back <laughs> my back door in my car. <laughs> just started That's just how people say it. I'm not. I'm just true. the messenger. Also, I got you know? WD forty yesterday and just That's just, great. just lubed that car hinge. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that thing is loud as fuck. Wait, is it, it's the only Your one. Car it's also like yeah, same yeah, back door. left door. You open it, and it's like yeah. <laughs> That's what I was gonna sound like. <laughs> So, I'm a dog. Because last time Seth got in it, he just started laughing and then screaming <laughs> like it, which sounded just like that. So I went and got some WD-40 and just like just you know powered in there. But the weird thing is, none of the other doors, none of the other doors are affected by whatever's happening in that hinge. Maybe, maybe the chocolate demon got in there. There might, there might just be Dude, a bunch. What do you, you blew the WD-40 in? Did chocolate come out? <laughs> no, but a chocolate demon came out. That was the sounds of a chocolate demon screaming. <laughs> Every time maybe, you open the door, ooh. it's caught in the hinges. It's like, ow! <laughs> so maybe, <laughs> I mean, your car has been possessed by the chocolate demon for a long time. Maybe, maybe this is the maybe ritual just, you have to perform to get it Now out. here's a question. If you, you have a chocolate demon it? in your car, yeah. does that increase or decrease its blue book value? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, if it's a chocolate demon, it probably, it probably should increase it. You think a, so? Well, I mean, because like it, maybe it breaks even, right? Because it's chocolate. Yeah. So, so it's also a demon. So sort but of. But also, it makes a mess, but free chocolate. But, cho- <laughs> but free chocolate yeah. on, in your pocket. Also, doing this. <laughs> I got a text from my wife right before this podcast started. She said, "You had two pens in your pocket that, that you went washed in the laundry, <laughs> and now we're gonna look like a bunch of wildebeests." <laughs> Wait, did you have the caps off or caps are on, but they just explode. Maybe the caps were off. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe it's chocolate. Life is crazy. Yeah, maybe it's chocolate. You, yeah, you can't, you can't control that. You can't control yeah. it. You can't control the weather. The weather's just an event. Pens in your pockets. Just Pens in your pocket, getting clawed in the face. Chocolate in your, very, your car hinges. It's an exciting... We live in exciting... We live in interesting times. Back to Ludum Dare, though. Oh, yeah. Ludum Dare, it's a game jam. We did it this weekend. It was great. Well, I didn't. Sam didn't. I did. I did it with some of the with some of the uh, with some of the crew who had the audacity to stick around this weekend and not get face scars. Yeah, or man, visit other family members. Trying to become an NPC. You're working on. It. You're getting there. Yeah. You're getting there. He's a face um, yeah. So we also. made a we made a weird game about uh, being a bean dragon, a, a dragoon. 
It's like a leg like you. Can I just say, so every single damn word that you guys wrote in this <laughs> game is some weird portmanteau, two words, plus a misspelling of the yeah. two. <laughs> to the point where I was reading it, I was like, I feel like my brain is being addled. <laughs> Yeah, we just have like this. We have like a little upgrade thing where like you pick up you pick up balloons, yeah. which are balloons with with mushrooms on top. <laughs> <laughs> so you pick up balloons and then you go to your upgrade to spend your balloons. But also you got to kill derbs, which are like birds. birds, but they're kind of like reptile birds. And then the birds. when you kill them, they're when you you kill them by uh, you pick up marshmallows and then you eat them and then you inflate. But like they're not a, referred to as marshmallows. They're malooms. Yeah, because they're fungus. <laughs> they're fungus. <laughs> <laughs> so you pick up the malooms. The malooms follow your dragoon around, uh-huh. and then you can hit the space bar to eat a maloom, and then you inflate like a puffer fish, which is referred to Naturally. as boop. That's when you boop, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you, you boop into a full-size pufferfish-style dragoon. You can poke the derbs with your spikes, you know, and then uh, their what, beaks. What are the spikes then called? They're just regular spikes. <laughs> yeah. Spokes. And then the derb beaks come off, and then uh, at the end of your at the end of your run, you can cash in all your derb beaks, convert them into balloons. You can go and, and then go and upgrade your dragoon. See what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so you go you go into the uh, the upgrade page, and you got things like speed. <laughs> <laughs> that you can upgrade. They also come in hilarious units, right? Because the speed comes in just speeds. Speeds. So you can get like 10 speeds. <laughs> yeah. Is it like a bike? Actually, maybe, is this like a bike though? So like the speeds are different kind of gear. Yeah, you got you to shift gears so okay. that you can your fly bean your dragon. Your, you can yeah. fly your bean dragon around at yeah, you know, a more efficient pace. I was laughing though so. because I played it and, you know, I thought, I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is just a bunch of nonsense. I love it. So proud of everybody who did this. Uh, Where can people find it? Uh, You can find it at uh, ldjam.com. And then do a search for Bean Dragon. Dragoons. D-R-E-G-U-M-E-S. It's like legumes, but with dr at the beginning. It also could be like the worst of the legumes because it's the legume dregs. Mm. Yeah. And so there is kind of a question whether this will go on our jam page on itch or not. I don't know because it was a collaboration between some bee scotches and some non bee scotches. So I'm not quite sure what the implications of that are. Mm-hmm. Never done this before. So yeah. we'll figure it out. Um, and then the last bit of news before we get to questions is there's a newsletter coming down to pipes this weekend with some more concept sketches. Ooh, yeah. is there? There is. I don't know. Have you written it? I haven't written it yet. We, okay. Even we don't know. There's, this is, this is just there's a over 18 quintillion possible newsletters that mm-hmm. can go out this weekend. Yeah. We're going we we to use a robot to make all of them. Yeah. yeah. So we should be, just have a We're just going to procedurally generate newsletters. We don't know. Well, I just want to say that the, the, the next game is coming along and we even got a name for it. We do. But we can't say anything about it. Nope. We got to buy all the domain names first yeah. so that you fuckers don't steal it from us. <laughs> Not you fuckers, obviously. I mean, the other ones. Oh, well, maybe ones. if they were planning on stealing it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if you're only listening to this podcast in hopes of gaining competitive advantage by buying the domain names we need, yeah, you're one of those fuckers. Yeah, you're one that of Adam them. was talking about. <laughs> exactly. Everybody else is fine. Though. But yes, yeah, so we can't say anything about it, but we do have uh, a bit more uh, concept sketches to, to throw around. And I think I'm going to throw a secret in there. So who knows what that means? A secret? Well, a secret wait, in the newsletter. If you throw a secret into a newsletter, it's just a thing now because it's not a secret anymore. No, you're you're saying an Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. It's a secret. It's a secret. Oh. It's, like, it's like when you're walking by a wall in a video game and you notice that part of it's like just kind of the wrong color. And then a phantasm comes out of it and you're like, oh shit, I don't have my blue crystal. Exactly. Yeah. That's so will, will you be able to, <laughs> so if we find this Easter egg, if I identify it in this, in this newsletter, will mm-hmm. I be able to just put my finger on it and then put my finger through, through my internet. computer monitor? You'll be inside. And I'll be inside the newsletter? Yeah. And we just put you into the game and you'll be then you're in the grid by everything that exists in there. Yeah. It's a very and then you got to light cycle your way back out. Light cycle? Yeah. Because you're you're in the grid now. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a tough life. Yeah. <laughs> Newsletter life, man. What, what are you going to do? Oh, yeah. One last thing before mm-hmm. we get to questions. The Butterscotch Jam. Yeah. That's coming up. Did uh, we announce it last week? I can't remember when we announced happened. it. We okay. announced it last week. Okay. We launched it on Wednesday sometime. Uh, and we've got our page is uh, itch.io slash jam slash bscotch100. 
We also put up all of our jam games. Which I think we, we put up all of our jam games. We got all kinds of crazy stuff. Hmm? Um, but the the Bscotch, uh, the Butterscotch Shenana Jam is our celebration of our 100th podcast episode. So it's happening in like five weeks or four weeks or something. Mm-hmm. There's so also an announcement at podcast.bscotch.net, which is easier to remember. Yeah, it's a good podcast at bscotch.net. Uh, but yeah, so we have 64 people signed up as of right yeah, now, it's which is super cool. Although it's going to be a little upsetting because until we get to 128, now these are just worse numbers. I mean, if we don't get up to four hundred twenty people, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's the that's the goal. I'm hoping we get at least five hundred games coming out. of We this. did get a tweet from someone today. He said they made the first game. They're inspired by us to make a game. I awesome. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, we got it. Yeah. I I hopped on to uh, to see like what people were saying about the Shenanigan Jam, and a bunch of people were saying that, hey, I I would do this, but I don't know how to make a game. And so I responded to every one of them saying. Shut up. You do know how to make a game. Just get Game Maker. You got four weeks. Figure it out. There's yep. tutorials. Let's go. Uh, we sent out a few emails to some people who had expressed interest in this, and a couple of them sent back messages saying, uh, I don't think I'm going to do it because I don't know how. And I emailed them all back personally and said, <laughs> you're going to do this. <laughs> and they were like, okay, that's true. Well, I it's will. funny because it's the whole thing. You know, Babies don't know how to run. They don't sit there going, well, I guess I just don't I guess know. I'm just... In fact, the moment they have enough leg strength to start trying to do it, they're doing it. Yeah. They're like, I don't, be care, a baby. I don't care how many tables Babies I are into. determined. Yeah. Yeah. Be a baby. Be like a baby of games. Actually, sure, like babies love doing shit they don't know how to yeah, do. Yeah, babies are all bad at it. And then when you, you gotta be. And then and pe- enough, these- enough people make fun of you as you're growing up trying to learn how to do things. Yeah. That you start to be like, oh, I guess I should just not. And people are like, quit being a baby. You're like, no. No, I'm, I'm going to keep being a baby. Keep being a baby. Babies all, are awesome. All the time. All right, let's get on to some questions. Okay. These questions come from podcast.bscotch.net. Uh, they come from our Bscotch ID users, but you can also ask anonymously, you know, if you want to. I don't know. I don't know why you would. And of course, you want. It's a free podcast. Of course, if you get your uh, question answered on here, you get a, a dope-ass <laughs> coffee mug avatar. Mm, we should put asses on those avatars. It should be a mug with an ass where the ass the is smoking some dope. Yeah, now that, now that we've got... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's dope ass. It's a dope ass. It's a dope ass. Now, that, now that we've got uh, Tifa on she our, loves on our art team, on she just loves drawing butts. Mm-hmm. Just shine, <laughs> shiny... You'll see it if you perfectly play the Dragoon curvaceous game. butts. And she told me yesterday that you guys drew the butt cheeks as separate sprites because it was going to be <laughs> jiggling across the sky. They do actually. If you look closely, each cheek uh, moves up and down individually. Wait, each one is a separate image. Yeah, separate we, should, we we animated the butt cheeks independently. <laughs> so you know what That's are you all about? I mean, if it's got it's a good. butt, it's got a butt. Started with quadrupus. Yeah, yeah, that quadrupus has a great butt. Yeah. All right, so first question comes from BaboTube. Do you have any interest in placing one of your games onto the Nintendo eShop? I -hmm. personally think that your vibe really resonates with Nintendo, and many will agree. They have ported apps onto the eShop before, so you might have a pretty good shot. We are interested? Well, I'm not interested in being on the eShop, because nobody uses it. That's true. Is that true? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. I uh, got Pokemon through it, so. But people use it to buy Pokemon. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like uh, Mario Kart, right? But yeah. I mean, yeah. Ba- based on our very limited uh, available data about the eShop, which may be inaccurate. Uh, but it know, is limited on purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, mm. it's something that we've, we've learned to be very skeptical about is if a, if a platform refuses to release any information about the performance of one of their products. The information is bad. It's because it's not really great. Yeah. Because um, all they want is for people to buy their stocks. So they need to tell you about how good they're doing. Right. All the time. Keep so if a, they keep don't, positive if they're, spin. If they're quiet, it's bad. Yeah. Because, you know, like Nintendo will not hesitate to release information about how many Switches they've sold. Oh, yeah. But they will tell you absolutely nothing about how many copies games will sell on the eShop. Mm-hmm. So we've learned our lesson about that. Yeah. We're not. So we can't, we won't do that. But, you know, if we could get like a, an actual box of Crashlands. I would love a cartridge. Get yeah. a cartridge, put that shit into wherever people nowadays go physically in the world to buy games. Yeah. All I did for- <laughs> I'm not sure where that Probably would Target, be. I guess. Target. Target. Walmart, Target. Yeah. Speaking of Target, I was at Target this weekend. When I walk through the door, so first of all, on the glass doors, oh, did you see the Mario Kart? There's take Mario over? Kart like signs and stuff, right? And then I walk through the metal detector, which normally, or not metal, whatever the fuck it's detecting, Mario's RFID chips or whatever. Yeah. Apparently, Mario's now because you walk through it, and then it makes the starting like beep noise, or it's like you know the 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 three beeps oh, before you start, as you walk in the door. That's awesome. That's yeah. a marketing campaign. Like, yeah, they that's good. the shit out of it. Mm. I got pretty pumped, and I was like, oh yeah, all the 
Mario games are the, Mario Kart games are the same. They're fun though. They are super. They're, yeah, they but think of the, the think of when I could just play any of them. Also, I did the get same. to play it at Dice. Actually, I got to oh, yeah? play. It's really fun. Like this, but the, with the Switch, the Switch yeah. now, you never have to stop playing Mario Kart. Your friends will yeah. call you and they'll say, "Hey, you want to come over for dinner?" And you're like, "Fuck yeah!" And then you show up. And you hop with in an Mario Uber Kart. and you drive your car mm-hmm. in the back of the right. car. And then you get you. there and then you, they are like, here, we made this delicious meal for you. And, and you're like, cool, can you feed this? me? And you slam your switch down on the plate. Yeah. Just and you're like, this it. is my dinner. And Meat then you just play flies Mario. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I personally <laughs> just ask the host to feed me the dinner while I'm playing. Yeah, you're like, I, I got some fucking Mario Kart to play. I yeah. can't be using my hands for regular human activities. Mm-hmm. I do have a question, though, because we're, while we're not 100% sure, we're pretty close to that. Sure that we cannot have B Scotch ID on Nintendo. Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. Which is uh, kind of a bummer because it means you can't move your save around. Yeah. So the question that we have, and like and this is also true for PlayStation, probably, mm-hmm. right? So because they have very strict internal policies for like what what user data is allowed to do what and mm-hmm. so on. Uh, well, more importantly, it's because it's their user data. It's because it's their user data, right? We can't have it. Right. Which and we don't <laughs> but we don't want it. Yeah. No. We want our own on top, right? But yeah. uh but yeah, so they have very strict policies in place, and, and at least the last time we kind of looked into this um, for both of these platforms, it, it looked like uh, they were absolutely not interested, even for really major players. Um, you know, really, really big other companies that put their stuff like Blizzard, for example, right? Um, well, it's even like uh, if you play Rocket League on PC, yep, League. you open up, uh, and we play with people from from PlayStation. You know, it could it could have been the case that like Psyonix probably could have come up with their own login system, yeah, um, and then allowed you to log into mm-hmm. that whether you're on PlayStation or whether you're on Steam, right? But instead, they're totally separate platforms. And so mm-hmm. your your Rocket League Steam data is tied to your Steam account, and then your Rocket League PlayStation data is mm-hmm. a separate thing. It's tied to that. And is it true that even for Blizzard on PlayStation, you have a, you're using the PlayStation account instead of a... I don't know. I mean, I would Because I remember somebody, cause I remember somebody but, telling me that, and I was like, holy fuck, even really? Blizzard couldn't do it? Yeah, so I don't know if that's true because I don't have the PlayStation mm, yeah. right now. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's something we've talked about in the past, just the idea that the, the platforms really like to be, they like to pretend like no other platforms exist and that their players only will ever play games on that one thing. Right. Which um, is, especially with us being as weird as we are crossing from mobile into all the other categories, um, it's more of a weird thing for us and our players at the end of the day. More of a yeah, awesome thing. Like everybody yeah. has either well, not everybody. Most people do, don't right? have like an Xbox and a PlayStation Four and a Switch, right? Usually. But a lot of people have a iPhone or Android phone mm-hmm. and a and console. One of those other things. Yeah, and one of the other yeah. ones. Yeah. But it's it's one of the things that we've discussed internally a lot is trying to decide. Given that we probably can't have B Sketch ID on these things, and that's that's one of the, the core things we're trying to drive for a good player experience is just the ability to pick up and play on something, right? Uh, then is is that okay? You know, is it is it okay to move into these new markets where we just can't have that part of the system? And how is that going to come back to us? Well, I, I right? think our players are going to be pissed off when they go to those things and pissed off mm-hmm. at us uh, because they're like everything. Be scheduled D says I can move my saves well, around. That's, that's, usually that's that's usually where the the anger goes, right? It doesn't go toward the platform per se; it goes toward the dev, right? But on the other hand, people like in the PlayStation Network, you know as an example, or Nintendo, uh, they won't have experienced the ability to do this stuff at all Mm -hmm. because it's not, just not allowed. Uh, so I have to wonder, like, are they just used to not being able to do that? So do they know that it's because of policies of the platform? Just see what happens. Just try it. Just try it. I don't know. Burn, I don't our, know. burn our reputation to the ground. Well, that's the thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Burn it all down. Yeah, it's it's unclear over. if it's risky or not. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I think I think there's also the added layer of, you know, one of the big reasons for B-Sketch ID was so that we could actually let our players know when we launch the next game, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so that way we don't have to reinvent the wheel and start from zero every single time we launch a game. And big platform holders to tell people on our behalf. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we can actually just say, hey, you like our games, you've played our games before, here's mm-hmm. another one, and you're like, Oh, great. And that's the end of that's the mm-hmm. end of the thing. Yep. So we so, don't have to throw ads in your face on all the websites you visit. We don't have to do any of that shit. Yeah. So that right. we got a game that you So, want. you know, it's hugely beneficial uh for us to be able to do this, and it's great for our players too. And so us not being able to do that kind of throws a wrench into our long term viability. So anyway, we'll probably for now, stick to platforms that let us use it. Would, yeah, but think. I mean, but it is it is worth re, you know we, we'll keep we'll continue to revisit the question over time. But also, mm-hmm. the platforms in general tend to be moving towards openness. Um, and Nintendo, if you look at if you look at Nintendo's behavior, even the past like since the launch of the Switch, actually, uh, they've been they've opened up dramatically. I, uh, there was an article about how they changed their certification process. Mm. 
which used to be this horrible thing that literally every human in the universe complained about mm-hmm. uh, that would take six months to update your game or a year or whatever. Uh, and now it's actually much more like almost not quite, but almost like the steam or I guess more, more like like the Xbox model where mm-hmm. it still is very laborious and takes some time, but you can do it in a matter of weeks now. Is it a matter of, you know, half a year? But uh, so people are pretty excited to, for the first time now they actually have update parody for games that live on Nintendo and on other ecosystems right. where nice. instead of it being six months behind <laughs> versions, it's actually, you know, caught up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with these kinds of things, we, we may see these companies start to open up their platforms a bit more um, and allow things like Scotch ID to actually exist. But hmm. who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Our next question comes from decoy. So I don't know if this is a real, Might not be a real question. Mm. Maybe the real question asker is somewhere in this room. <laughs> decoy says, do you guys have any anxiety about investing time into skills that are locked into perishable proprietary platforms like GameMaker? That was a, that was a really good, good alliteration yeah. there, yeah. Rather than into general long-lasting public goods like Inkscape. Well, as we discussed with Seth's initial thing today, you know, no. everything dies. Everything dies. Even Inkscape will die. Even Inkscape will die. Yeah. So the question really, really is uh, is one of whether or not you're building skills that are uh, Trans- transferable. Translate, yeah, transferable. Yeah. And, and that doesn't have to be direct. And I think that's an important note, which is, so one yeah, of the- We kind of talked about this last week too. Yeah, it's one of the beautiful things about actually building games inside of Game Makers. You don't, you don't have to worry so much about a lot of the lower level uh, code problems that you normally would have to worry about if, for example, you're rolling your engine from scratch. And instead, you can focus more so on uh, systems design and actual game design elements and stuff. So so the the reality is simply that you're building a you're just building a slightly different set of skills than you would if you built it in, you know, a pure language of your of your own creation, but even languages die. Well, yeah, and I think importantly, so, building yep. your own engine, that engine is perishable. Oh yeah. Unless you constantly keep it up to date with the other uh you know, third-party software that it mm-hmm. runs on. Uh, you know, if you if you're making an engine to run games in Android, mm-hmm. well, a new Android SDK comes out like every six months, right? Yeah. Right. See, so, I, I don't have any. I actually don't have any anxiety about it at all because it's not about. I'm not worried about the tools in particular. I think is what it is. Yeah, but I also think that there's there really the 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 question kind of presents as if there's an an alternative that is real. And there isn't one. Right. Everything right. will die. Everything is perishable, but not only that. I mean, as you're saying, when you if you move closer to the thing that it lives on, so if you move closer to the hardware by coding your own engine mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, then you're actually far worse off because now now you're you now you're at the whims of the hardware manufacturers. Well, you're, you've the moved into just plan. a completely different problem domain. Yeah. Right. Well, all all the problems that you face as a person making software, making games, or whatever. Those problems are defined by other people. Yeah. You you don't get to just create all Mm -hmm. of the problems yourself and solve them and then be done with it. You have to. Unless you build your own hardware. Yeah. But now you all, now you (laughs) still have your own problems at that point. Yeah. But this is what Nintendo does, right? Is is they, they've just decided we're not going to compete on literally any metric except for. Well, the thing is they're still getting their, like their, their processors from somewhere else, you know, like they're getting hardware from other I'm saying build all of your own hardware. You've got your own forge. You're you're <laughs> mining your own steel, right? Like everything, you've got your but own operation. But now you're limited by the planet because now you have to be mm. like finding mines nah, and man. stuff. And you, you know, build getting- a space program, you get those asteroids. You bring them down, mine the shit out of them. But then okay. you're limited by the asteroids that are available in this in solar, the solar system. system. Yeah, that's well, true. that's why you invented warp drive. <laughs> You get the rest of those fucking right. asteroids. So then, well, I think the thing is that you make video games. There is by, ne- <laughs> by necessity, if you want to, if you want to build a lot of stuff or even go really fast, uh, you have to use the tools that other people make. And the weird thing about software, of course, is that uh, it's not like a hammer, right? Hammers are kind of they are just what they are. You can get many different kinds, and there's just a sort of staple hammer mm-hmm. that you need to do your job. Whereas in software, the it's like the hammer is just evolving over time constantly and could actually be useless for whatever the project is that you're trying to build uh, at some point down the line. So I think the, the interesting thing about it is that, is that there's always going to be, I think that the reason why, you know, the term anxiety is used because there is dependence there. Yeah. You have to depend on it. But the reality is it's like how you have to depend on food, everybody for taking care of shit. And it's probably why, you know, everyone gets very upset at, for example, the looming government shutdown happening because it's like, hey, it's like the weather. This is a thing that's completely outside of my control as a person. Yeah. And I have to just deal with the outcome. And it has, it has been the case that if we've run into problems with GameMaker, um, we actually do have a problem with, with Inkscape, which is why we've, we're actually using 0.48 instead of the uh, current 0.96 version that's out. Because they they downgraded it. Yeah. Well, they, they they quote unquote upgraded uh, their, their Cairo PNG software thing. Um, 
but it ends up making the pencil tool work a little weirder and laggier, which makes it really hard to just draw stuff because it shows up like half a second behind where you're at. Yep. And the thing is, there's tons of functions in there that I want access to, but I... But you also need a pencil. I mainly need to draw. So um, <laughs> so that's where that's at. So the thing is like, and, and that to me is actually is is worrisome in the long term because if that's not fixed, like I don't want to be on 0.48 for But you know, it is open years. source. So we'll just... We could just know, build our own. Just branch it. Yeah. So add whatever feature. Yeah, I, I think it's it's an interesting it's an interesting question, but I think the I don't know you you have to not be anxious about using other people's tools at some point. Yeah, I think people's if, people's tools will screw you over now and now and again. But but it's I probably mean, a broader identity problem, right? Because like you don't consider yourself a game maker programmer per se. It's like if we had to switch to Unity, you would just go do that. Yeah, if I had to make a game in 3D, I'd go learn whatever I needed to right. learn. And if I need to go learn Blender, I just go learn Blender. Yeah, whatever. Problem Maya, solved. 3ds Max. Yeah, I'll give a crap. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. If you, you, if you, if you think, use a good tool, but, but the goal for your tool should be that they should abstract you. They should they should bring you fully into the problem domain, right? So you shouldn't have to deal with all the other bullshit. So mm-hmm. if you if you want to make games, find a tool that lets you make games. That sh- that should be the mm-hmm. thing that you do because, as Sam was saying, that's where you learn the transferable skill that you need. That, that because that, that skill is now independent of the engine you're using, right? right? If you know how to make a good game, you can make a good game on any engine. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And you can use whatever one is going to allow you to abstract away all the hardware problems and all the storefront problems and all that kind of stuff. So the only problem you deal with is the game. Is the game. But I think also if you can make a bad game, you can make a bad game just no matter what. That's true. You know? So it really just depends on. Yeah. I saw this great gift the other day, which was uh, someone with like one of those old shitty washable markers, like a big orange one from when you're growing up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they were doing calligraphy with it. Oh, yeah, it. I saw that. Yeah. And it was, and the thing they were writing was like, it's not the tool, yep. it's the. It's like the person or the expertise or whatever, which I thought was hysterical. The practice. The practice. Yep. And I was like, yeah, shut up with your fancy pens, your fancy <laughs> Unreal Engine. <laughs> um, yeah, it really is. It's, it's, about, it's about your own expertise. And so you find the thing that lets you build expertise as fast as possible. Yeah. In, and in, use that tool. In the right thing. And I think it's really easy to forget what your goals are, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and to be agitated and frustrated at the thing that's that you're that's supposedly supposed to be bringing you towards your goal right so so if your goal is to make games or you're using game maker and you know about other programming languages that do certain things that are super useful um then you might just look at game maker and be so agitated that it doesn't have those things that you want mm-hmm. instead of just being like okay it doesn't have the things that i want so what what are my how do i work around that to get back to my fucking end goal which is making a game mm-hmm. yeah it's really, why it's if, easy to lose if you talk to somebody or like go on to the game dev subreddit and you ask for advice about game development, and somebody's first response is, well, first thing you're going to want to do is learn like C++ mm-hmm. or C Sharp or something, write your own engine. First thing you're going to do is build your forge. Yeah, first you got to yeah. start with your forge, build a space program, get those fucking asteroids. Yep. Build which, a wormhole. Yeah. Get all the rest of the asteroids. Because then, yeah. then you can make games for whatever platform you want. You know? yeah. yeah. Once you got once you got an infinite supply of asteroids. Well, so. you might need to also create a world hegemony and mm-hmm. force people to only buy the things that you make so you don't have to worry about any other... That, that way you cut mm-hmm. out the marketing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, cool. All right, so next question comes from Woland77. As game creators, what is your feeling on the current state of YouTube-based game criticism? Mm. Is it better than written criticism, either in blogs or magazines? Is criticism useful anywhere? That's a great question. Coming from any source. What's the What's the, what is better criticism? Yeah. Why does it even exist? Well, so in, in terms of, I would, I would make the argument that in terms of in information volume or perhaps fidelity, having someone talking is actually very different than having them writing um, in the sense that you can, you can convey a lot more with, with tone as well as face, like the general overall information richness is better. Um, from a just from a straight medium standpoint, but uh, it's not the sort of thing you can backtrack on easily, right? If you like miss a sentence or something in a mm-hmm. YouTube video, you're not gonna be like, "Oh, let me rewind that 1.3." Well, yeah, seconds. it's not gonna be scripted. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, so. they, they they usually are actually. So I actually watched. Um, this is an interesting time. I watched. Uh, uh, I can't even remember the guys. It's like up 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 gaming or something like that. Um, he did a critique on uh, near automata which is a big AAA game that came out recently. And it was called The Masterpiece You Will Never Play. And he is a 30-minute thing. The dude was just sort of over the moon about it. And he usually is very, you know, usually very uh, critical sort of sort of person. But just said, you know, this thing really, this game really, really works. I don't think you're ever going to play it because of a few of these reasons. Um, but you definitely should. Like, give it a go. And I watched that and I was like, yeah, okay. So I bought it. I've been playing it. I was like, this is very good. Yeah, it's good. Hmm. Uh, so I think the interesting thing there is that the, watching watching that video was just infinitely more interesting to me than of course 
is more entertaining than reading a thing. Well, because you can also see the game. Exactly. I think that's the key part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a thing to me. You like, can't convey a gameplay experience in words. Correct. And I think that's that's actually the, the interesting benefit that I think video commentary has above uh, any written commentary in the game space in particular yeah. is that it's it's in it's much more in line with the medium itself as far as how the information is delivered. Um, so I, I think it's, I mean, as far as, you know, it's place, I guess, is that kind of the question? Um, it's just another thing. I mean, you need all. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's got, but again, it depends on what the point is, right? Mm-hmm. So for, for me as a game creator, I guess I don't really make games, but for me as a studio <laughs> executive, <laughs> you make robots that help make <laughs> that the game as possible. Uh, but anyway, like, you know, the, when you're looking at criticism, there's not a real value of it to us. Right. When the game's already out. When the game's already out. Yeah. And that's the only, but that's the only time it happens, right? Because <laughs> right. otherwise the, the criticism that we that we get in need is from players because they're the people who are gonna buy and enjoy the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And so so you know, criticism is a thing that has very strange kind of value because criticism is arbitrary for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so you just choose the criticizer that you like the most, who you tend to you share, right. you know, beliefs with and so sure. on. So that you know when they go criticize a thing that that would be similar to your criticism, so you can decide if you actually would like that thing mm-hmm. or not. Um, you got to find you got to find your echo chamber. You got to find your echo chamber, yeah, right? Yeah. And but but critique just as a thing isn't it's not g- generically valuable at all. I, I at least I would argue, right? There's not like a critic you can go to who be like who just somehow can say yes, this is a good thing and this is a bad thing. So you're saying like if you just got if you just read something from a random critic, yeah. who you know nothing about, yeah. That's meaningless to you. Right. What is meaningful is if there is a critic who you understand, you understand, right? Right. Who seems to share the same values that you do, in which case you just trust their judgment. Right. So it's kind of like they're doing the work for you. It's like having a buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like having a friend Mm -hmm. who likes to play the same kind of games that you Mm -hmm. play. Yep. Except their job is to just tell you about those games. Yeah. Interesting. The critics are just just your gaming pals. It's just your game game buddies. Just your game but you gotta pick, pick them right. So you gotta pick them. So so I think there's a value to that, but I think that that it's kind of this interesting thing that that criticism of really any media, but but certainly also games, has been always presented almost as like a journalistic thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you present some facts, present some information, even though it, at least hopefully everybody reading it knows this is not facts. This is someone's opinion about a bunch of right. stuff. Uh, when really it should be about personality, because this is you finding your gaming buddy, mm-hmm. right? Which I think the sort of the rise of the YouTuber mm. has done a pretty good and interesting job, job of, of doing that. Because yeah, situation. when you're presenting yourself through through your spoken word and your face, you know, you're conveying yourself as a, as a personality and more mm-hmm. and, and more of a buddy, right? Than mm-hmm. than you ever could doing writing. Um, and so I think that might be a, a more appropriate space for this because it starts to make it interesting. more true that you're just hearing what some person thinks instead of hearing what always has a little less personality in it than is like now a, what a website believes, right? right? Like a decree of, of truth versus exactly. someone's. So instead just, of, yeah, right. you, see, you see the headline of the review and then you see like, buy such and such in little words, yeah, yeah, you right. know, and then it's just a bunch right. of text. So always just but be, on YouTube, it's, here's this giant name about this game in time. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, in, but, in, but, but neither of those actually serve the game creators at all, except on the off chance that the person doing it loves your game, right? Well, I mean, yeah, we... I guess the yeah we use we primarily use player feedback for yeah. uh, for making changes and stuff. But the thing is like, the the interesting thing there is that it's not it's not the case that critics aren't players, right? So yeah, so you can sure. still you would they're they're essentially they're the same, but it's they're not they're not, but they're not there for us, right? right. They're there for their fan base mm-hmm. uh, in the same way that that a that a, a website that publishes criticism or whatever is there for its fan base, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they're not there for us. So when it comes to us as game developers, like personally, I don't I don't think we have a, an important relationship with critics except mm-hmm. that they arbitrarily get to decide sometimes how successful the thing that we made gets to be mm-hmm. right but that's that's the relationship the relationship is, is purely after we've made a thing now they decide right how right. how to convey it to their fans mm-hmm. yeah and some sometimes you'll see the thing where a critic will come in and they'll go so i'm not i'm not really a fan of this kind of game and then they'll start talking <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah like, well i know this isn't gonna be yeah useful so yeah i mean it could just varies a lot yeah so all right, so next question comes from Adamus or Adamus. I don't know. I don't know how this would be pronounced. Uh, Adamus says, are you guys planning any super special mega Uber episode for your 100th episode? Will you tell the studio's story or anything else fun like that? I feel like we've been telling the story for 100 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it just takes a real long time. I think what we're going to do is 100 hours to listen to it. Yeah. After the after the Beast Guys Jam is over, then we're going to uh, pull down and 
I think play a few of the games. I think we're going to do that as like a little mini YouTube video or something. So that'll be up as, and we're getting some of the podcast videos converted over to YouTube too. So Mm -hmm. that's, I think that'll be the The robot process. Yeah. Progress. That'll be a special thing. Okay. But there, there was a thing that we, we talked about doing a 100 minute episode. There's that. But there was a thing that we started to prepare to do a while ago, which was to take all the intros to our podcasts. Oh yeah. Snip them together. Snip them together and try to do something with that. Uh, and we have it for the first like 60 episodes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that's when we decided to do this. And then at that time we're like, well now it is hilarious, but, but we didn't know what to do with it. Uh, so I wonder if once we hit a hundred, we string a hundred of those things together. Mm-hmm. That'd be crazy. What can we do with, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's all it is. It's just that. But, but if there was something we could do with it, put some animation in there. Yeah, you know, getting it fully animated would be awesome, but that would cost a really arm expensive. and a leg, and this podcast makes no money. Zero, so zero it's a dubious proposition. If, if everybody comes together and just everybody sends us a check for, it would probably you know, like three or $4,000 a piece. <laughs> Uh, we go, we get an animation put together. Yeah. 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 And we were, we were kind of looking at quotes for that. Cause it was like, it's, I think it was three minutes at that point. Yeah, it'd be about three so it'd be more than that. But that, at that time I was looking at like, it was going to be something in the order of like minimum $4,000 yeah. to, to get that animated. And, uh, which is understandable because animation is a shitload of work. Yeah. It's very difficult and very time. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So I would never be like, Oh, that sucks that animators are getting paid. So, uh, but it, yeah, but it, this is coming from a podcast that makes negative money mm-hmm. and we don't want to make it make an additional negative four thousand dollars yeah probably. an additional negative four thousand yeah <laughs> so we're so we're not gonna do plus minus so we're not gonna do like a, a talent show we'll, on the hundredth episode we'll do or, a talent show but it'll be all visual activities so like you're gonna juggle for we'll a while juggle. So you're gonna, gonna make sh- funny faces i'm gonna yeah yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be dancing. I'm gonna do 93 push-ups. Nice. Yeah, I can't do 100. So. Adam's gonna dance. <laughs> this is all just gonna be happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you'll just, so you'll you'll just, just hear all the grunting. You just hear like you so can hear juggling it. balls hitting the ground and <laughs> sweat, <laughs> sweat, <laughs> sweat coming out of pores. All right, uh, next question comes from Smelly Platypus. How much, not including testing, do you guys play your own games? Not including testing? Yeah. Almost zero. Basically not. <laughs> because when you play we it. spend so much time testing it. I think this is the one, and we talked about this a little bit, I think, in some of the episodes post-Crashlands, but this is the one shitty thing about it. Because you make the game that you always wanted to play, and then you actually can't play it as if it were just the new you game You can never experience it for the first time. Yep. Because you've just constantly mm-hmm. experienced shittier versions of it for like mm-hmm. two years. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. And you also, I, you, also played, you know what's coming. Yeah. Like, you know exactly it's all. what's coming. I mean, I have played through the entirety of Crashlands, but that was all before the launch of the game. Yeah. And then after that, I've played parts of it, you know, now and again and tried out, you know, like insane mode and whatever. Uh, but but yeah, I can't I can't just fully get even though there is some there's new stuff in there, the systems are better, all mm-hmm. the bugs, you know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about it that is that is far better than it was when I did play it during testing. Um, but yeah, but that whole first-time experience is so valuable, um, and you just don't get to have it. Well, this kind of reminds me of one time a few years ago when we were first kind of, you know, getting our, we were, we were like baby baby devs, mm-hmm. first getting our chops. I was at an event, and somebody came up to me and asked a really, I didn't know how to, I don't know how to think about this question, and I still don't. And they said, are you guys real game developers, or are you those phony game developers who don't even play games. <laughs> what the fuck? And I was like, ass. like, so I no mean, offense if that I mean, you. obviously the <laughs> question was I a little offense. bit loaded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, obviously we're real game developers. Yeah, we, we play games, you know, but the is fact this is the same kind of person who looks at somebody talking about games. And the first question they ask is, are you even a real gamer? Are you even a real game? Maybe. I don't know. But Gotta be the same. The question here is uh because I mean I I actually get maybe one to two hours of gaming a week in. Yeah, I got now. to play I got to play Nier Automata for an hour on Sunday. And that was that was incredible. Yeah, you checked to watch it and you're like, <laughs> oh shit, I gotta go do some other things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what's that about? That's the the notion that playing games is equivalent to making them is is incorrect. And I think this is the the example we've talked about before is the idea that drinking beer is equivalent to making it. That's an obvious one, I think. Also, it seems like people want you to be an imposter once you're like doing things professionally. You know, they, they want you to. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Or no, it's like, it's like, it's like the, this idea of selling out, right? Uh, where, where as soon as you're doing a thing professionally, right. you have now somehow sold out. And they kind of want that to be true now. Well, they want their 
the they're like they're line. looking for evidence, right? right? That yeah. that you somehow are are fake in what you're doing. Um, that you somehow don't represent them anymore. Or that your motives aren't pure. Or that your motives aren't pure. No, here, here's the thing. I I abandoned two years of my life to play video games. Yeah, like straight, straight mm-hmm. up. Yep. We're talking like 18 hours a day, losing weight from not eating enough, uh, doing shitty in school, all of the bullshit that comes along mm-hmm. with that kind of sort of destructive behavior. Even I did that thing, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I, I'm okay with not, <laughs> with not <laughs> doing good. that now, yeah. right? Uh, I've, I've put in my time. I earned my keep. I did it. Mm-hmm. I got my hours in. So, I, you know, nowadays, if I get in like, you know, if I get in like four hours a week, I'm looking at that and I'm like, that's, that's a lot. I played a lot of video games. <laughs> yeah. This week. yeah. Yeah. So, cause I, nowadays, like I want to read, I want to, I want to learn things. I want to, you know, want to do some other things. And which isn't to say that, that gaming is bad. It's just that I personally way overdid it. You kind of had your fill. You might have had your fill. Uh, and well, and it's also the case that I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have a very, uh, uh, sort of hyper-focused or kind of like obsessive personality approach to these kinds of things. So I hate I hate to do a thing half-assed, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. I would rather not do it or just do it all the way to the max. I so, think for me, it's like if I, once I get the gist of what a thing is, then I'm like, that's enough. Yeah, yeah. that's where I am also. So it's less about obsessive and more, more just saying, for most games, when you play them for an hour, you basically know kind of know what's going on you yeah. know where it's going well, and, and we talked about this in the past right it's it's games are vehicles for surprise mm-hmm. and for creating challenge that you get to overcome and when it comes to creating challenges that we get to overcome i've got the ones that i just deal with in the day-to-day of making robots and stuff is so difficult and challenging that even if i find something that is as difficult in the game the end result is not that i built the robot anymore right, right. and so i'd rather be off doing that right. Uh, so if a, if a game delivers surprises consistently and interestingly enough, then, then I can stay engaged with it because that's exists. the thing that I get out of a game. Right. And we've talked about this with uh, like gang beasts and some of these other more physics yeah. ones or Kerbal right. Space Program. There's, there's shit that can happen in those games because they're system oriented. Right. That they give you infrastructure. Yeah. That is just genuinely surprising. And yeah. I know that the upcoming uh, uh, Prey is coming out and they're, which is interesting because it's a first person shooter, but they're labeling it as a first person uh, action adventure hmm. because- it has all these, it's a systems, it's built by the same guys who did uh, Dishonored and that sort of thing. So it's it's all about systems where you can just do all these weird things, like turn into a cup, for example. Well, I mean, yeah. Oh, That's this that one. one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you turn obviously, into a cup. Obviously, like, you've got your transmogrified yeah, into you, a cup skill. Yeah, and then you can yeah. like roll around as a cup, which is like the weirdest thing. But well, again, that's- but, I'm, but I would do that. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's one of the games that now I would buy, I think, because it's just- it's going to be permanently interesting. Which is, but it's, that's hilarious though, because there's nothing about like a first person shooter, like how actiony and like, is it, there's nothing about that that would sell a game to me anymore because seeing it. Right? Like, but can I but turn if I could turn into a cup? Into a cup <laughs> if, all the, if all I saw was an ad where they're just like, yeah, you can just turn into a cup right. in this game. Well, it gets interesting because I, I, so I, I, I tried it's getting into Overwatch because I've been looking yeah, for yeah. some sort of, uh, you know, slightly more competitive thing to get into. And um, I just, I'm not. I'm not particularly interested. Speaking of fun systems, this is something that, that I'm currently working on in our current game. Yeah, talk, let's talk about that. Let it out. Cat of the bag. So, I mean, this is this is pretty vague. Hashtag vague hype. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, put that on your Insta twits or whatever the fuck you mm-hmm. put hashtags on. This is your Twigrams. Your Twigrams. Uh, <laughs> So we have a buff debuff system in, in Crashlands. So, so for those of you who are unfamiliar with the gaming terminology of buffs and debuffs, it's basically a temporary effect that can be applied to a character. And like, buffs are good. And buffs are good. Are debuffs bad. are bad. It's really just pluses and minuses. So if you're like, I'm on fire, that's a debuff. Yeah. And if you're like, I'm super strong for a little while, that's a buff. Or if you're right. like, I'm burning, but it doesn't hurt me and causes other things to burn instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be a buff. yeah. And so, so if you think about something like a star in Mario, that's sort of like the simplest buff system possible where it's not a system so much as it's just one hard coded effect where like you get the star, now you're invincible. they probably like flip a switch and turn on a timer on your character. Okay. You're invincible now. Right. So uh, if you can come up with a more generic buff debuff system that allows you to apply all kinds of effects to all kinds of things. Um, then you can open this weird can of worms of all kinds of just crazy bullshit that you can make happen in your game. Like being a cup could be a buff. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so I'm working on a system for our next game where the, the buff system is actually a, a completely generic 
so almost like an API where uh, it can apply buffs and debuffs to literally anything. Mm-hmm. Like we could, we could, and buffs and debuffs can be literally anything. Buffs and debuffs can be anything. Uh, and then, so this, this even means like, Hey, uh, there's that button on your interface. Boom. It's a cup now. Right? Like it got debuffed. Uh, so, so we could turn your phone into a cup. Yeah. We could turn yeah. your face into a cup. <laughs> yeah. And so, so this is kind of fun because we like Sam and I were talking through like, what are some scenarios that would be kind of fun to have happen? You know? And it's like, you know, for example, let's say you, let's say you like cast a spell that, that sets an enemy on fire and they go running through this sort of thicket of shrubs or whatever. And if that fire buff you have has a, a property of it where it will spread to nearby objects and set them on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what you'll have happen is this thing will run through this like forest and then like the trees around it will catch on fire as it's running through the forest. And then that will spread to the other trees mm-hmm. and that will spread to other enemies. And all of a sudden you've like burned down the whole level on accident, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, or, you know, if you can turn things into a cup, like you could turn a cactus into a cup mm-hmm. or a tree mm-hmm. or a rock or an enemy or, or if a you're boss. on a cup fire where you're just spewing cups everywhere. Right. right. Then, <laughs> you could, class, yeah. then you could spew a cup onto something else that would cause it to spew. Yeah. Cups. You got debuffed with contagious cup vomit. We probably yeah, need just, to actually have this. <laughs> well, we've talked about this a bit with our, our, our goal for future designs is to have, have things be more system oriented because I think that's, that's what we're all feeling in terms of the games we want to play now and that we actually get stuck with now are the ones that have a few of these more, they're, they're slightly more open systems such that these weird things can happen that you can't predict. And yeah, I so, think it's so instead of, of deciding in advance, here are the 15 things that can happen in the game. Mm-hmm. Just say, here are the rules for this system. Whatever happens, happens. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's been fun. It's, it takes a lot more upfront dev time though. Yeah. And it's very hard to balance. It's very hard to balance. A lot of ways, you, you largely just kind of give up on balance in a lot of ways. Or you, you just, just go, say, weird shit's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's about the weird experience. You're like, under 90% of normal circumstances, It'll it's balanced. Right. And then every now and then, people are going to do totally And then you get to go shit. watch videos of edge cases that are really, Hilarious, really interesting. Right? Right? Yes. All right, so uh, next question comes from Racing for the Finish. How do you know when it's time to jump ship on a job that pays monetarily and pursue a job that pays... Less monetarily, mm. but more personally. Uh, the moment you can afford it, then all right, cool, pretty much. <laughs> what does it? What does it mean to afford it? Uh, well, yeah, it depends. I mean, you, well, you, you get to choose what what you where to how to put your money where your mouth. Much is, like right? Fight Club, you choose your own level of involvement. Yes, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, but I mean, if if you're doing a job that I mean, the question is like, what is what is your money for, right? Like, what do you what do you need? What do you, what do you have to just definitely have? If you've got kids, you got to keep them alive and stuff. Probably mm-hmm. send them to school. You got to so buy hot pockets for those you gotta kids. Buy hot mm-hmm. pockets. You got to, you got to send them to the school and they get their books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to eat hot pockets for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to get hot pockets for your wife. Mm-hmm. You got to have a Everybody house made needs of hot, hot pockets. pockets. Mm-hmm. This podcast is brought to you by hot pockets. <laughs> if only. Uh, Totino's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, once you know what your actual needs are and, and have you, and you have your various responsibilities that you have to take care of, if you've got some debts, you know, whatever. So th- there are those things that, that are there. So After you have that, a, though, you have a burn rate. You have a burn rate. So you got to figure out what your burn rate is, your real burn rate. The and then you have to, but do. you also need to build in a threshold. Right. Because yep. you got to have your safety, safety you reserves. Safety yeah. And you, so you need to say, for example, if you say, okay, I need X thousand dollars in the bank, you know, different people have different sort of levels of comfort mm-hmm. for what yep. is like a, what is a comfortable safety reserve. So maybe and it depends like, on your family situation. If you got kids, you should probably have a higher safety net. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so if you're like, okay, I need like 5k or 10k in the bank or something like that. So you save, you squirrel away, you cut down your costs of living, mm-hmm. you save it, you save it, you build it up. Um, and then you say, okay, I also know that every month it's going to cost me X dollars to meet all my needs, right? Add maybe like 20% on top of that because, you know, Buff life, random shit, yeah. right? Be conservative. Yep. Mm-hmm. Be conservative. And then, and then give yourself a timeline where you say, okay, I need a, I need a year. I need a year to work on this stuff. Uh, and then I'll also need like a few months after that just in case shit doesn't work out and I need time to figure out a new job or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Right. So give yourself kind of a window of work and then a safety window at the end to, uh, to kind of decide what your next steps are in case. Yeah. So, well, I think, so this is the, this is like the bootstrapping approach, right? But it's also yeah, yeah. possible that because most software engineers are paid much better than most games programmers. So True. it's also totally possible that this could be a question relating to literally just moving into the industry as a, yeah. as a job. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is this was jump ship on a job that pays and go to a different one. 
right. that does not. Fit. So okay, yeah. yeah. So, so this is like this is like so this is you're jumping into an existing job. Well, it could be. It could be either okay. one. So the thing is, if if it's the case that you're jumping into, uh, you know, from 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 something like software engineering into something like game programming, uh, I think the the interesting bit there is that it's it it does kind of come down to the question Adam asked, which is what's your money for? Yeah. And I think a lot of people run into the accidental mistake of basically trapping themselves with their money. Yeah. Well, they they make they give themselves a high burn rate. Yeah. And, and at that point, then your money, which I think the the way that I see it is is a it's a tool for your freedom, really. Um, in a in a capitalist economy, is what it is. Uh, how much money you have is equivalent to all the crazy stuff you could do with that money, mm-hmm. which is equivalent to what you can do as a person. So, um, if you view it from from that angle, not so much as a thing that you use to like pay for the random shit you bought when maybe you didn't need it want it then it's pretty easy to actually completely make lifestyle changes and a good example of this is that my my uh my wife's becoming a, a painter full-time next month and as super exciting and of course also means that our income is going to be completely different um but mm-hmm. yeah a lot different like half yeah. so <laughs> and your expenses are going to be different because now you buy art yeah. supplies and all kinds of stuff so but we talked about it and i was like you know i'd be fine just we can sell the house if you want i don't give a crap and it's an interesting thing that you have to be totally comfortable being in a position where you can just say, I don't need these things, you mm-hmm. know, because it's I, it's nice because, to have them, but yeah, yeah, because the dream is the more important piece, right? The doing the thing as, as yourself is a more important provided piece, so. you have a long-term plan. Yeah. Like just having the dream is not sufficient. Oh yeah. You yeah, gotta yeah. have a plan. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you always want to get, you want to get back to being in a house and being totally comfortable or doing whatever you want. Um, but, but I think the, the important bit is just, is just to, as far as when to no, make I think, I think you meant a plan of like, how you're going to do it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I assume that was assumed. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. that's the thing is, it's definitely not. Well, yeah, because there's there's sort of like there's three. Maybe that's it. Then you need a plan. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly plan. it, right? Yeah. And so like there's there's sort of like three tiers of of involvement with this, right? Mm-hmm. There's a dream, which mm-hmm. is you just kind of like being in your normal day job, and then every now and then to wistfully kind of space you off and be like, it'd be great if I wasn't doing this. Mm-hmm. What else could I be doing? I could be a professional juggler. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's your dream. And then you just go back to doing your work. Right. So there's nothing tangible about it. You have no concrete plans laid down. Right. And then there's kind of like the next tier where you want to be that thing. You're not just like every now and then just kind of thinking about it. You want to be that thing. And so you start to do stuff that may seem like it is leading you in that direction. You start going to juggler conventions. Mm -hmm. You know, you Mm -hmm. watch juggler videos on YouTube a couple times a week. Right. Mm -hmm. You're like, I really want to be a juggler, you know? So you do this for like three years, but you're still not a juggler because you haven't actually done anything. Right. You just want to be a juggler, mm-hmm. right? Or, or you like to start to juggle, but you don't. And you're wanna... like, like, oh fuck, this is a Game of Thrones is on. And then yeah. you put your, then you put your so like, juggle. You just throw the ball into the air and then you walk away. Yeah, you're like, I'm, <laughs> I'll get back to that ball later. Yeah. So then, like the third, the third tier is the actual tier of doing shit, which is the planning stage, right? Where you actually sit down, you work through your risk, you figure out how long is it going to take me to become a professional juggler, whatever that means. How right? much, what does that mean? What does that even mean? How am I going to change my life to make that possible so that I actually do it? What's yeah? What's life going to look like after this starts to happen? Mm-hmm. And is that actually what I want, or am I just being romantic? Yeah, because right? you, you don't get to just you don't get to just like go chase the dream you also have to pay a whole bunch of other costs to make that happen. Right? Mm-hmm. And you have to decide where, how do I make this all work out such that I get actually what I'm looking for out of this? Yeah. And I mean, in my experience, I would say far less than 1% of people who want to do something actually start making plans to do that thing. Yes. You know? I think of all the people you've met who, who have a novel in their mind, you know, like there may be people who, who have started writing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's their plan? They probably don't have one beyond, I'm going to start writing my novel right. soon. Yeah. Right. Um, and it would be cool to have written a novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, of course, everybody, everybody wants to have had accomplished a thing. Right. Um, but the actual planning stage is the one that, that matters. And actually, you know, if you want some, if you want kind of a push in the right direction on this, we got a, uh, we got a little book list mm-hmm. up on our That's website. True, yeah. What's the, is it just books? dot bsketch.net yeah that will get you there books.bsketch.net read some fucking books 
Yeah. We got books. They're going to teach books you. Books on books on books. We got books on books. Uh, there's a great one called The Artist's Way, which will kind of give you an idea of getting into the right framework. Mm-hmm. Uh, the War of Art will kind of like. Light, light a fire under you. It will set your ass your on pantaloons fire. pantaloons yeah. will erupt. Mm-hmm. Um, we have like Getting Things Done in there, which is a great book about just organizing your tasks and becoming more productive and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Um, so just there's a lot of. There's a lot of good nuggets in there that we've found incredibly helpful to help get us to where we are. Um, so if you do want to make a plan and you do want to start doing this stuff, get on here and buy, buy yeah. some books. Oh, and also, if you want to help support the podcast, uh, if you follow the links from our books page, we're part of the Amazon referral program. And mm-hmm. so uh, if you buy the book through that link, then uh, we, get, we get like a like five cents or, or something. something. Or who knows? Yeah. So... You know, if like 45,000 people each buy like a thousand books, yeah. uh, then this podcast will have finally paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to help us out, go ahead and do book things. Uh, so, yeah. All right, you guys, listen. What? My coffee is empty. Mm, dang. So, uh, you know what that means? We're done. We're done for the day. Uh, so we'd like to thank our producer, Fat Bard, uh, and our studio wrangler, Monique, for pulling this episode together. And, of course, uh, the rest of the B-Scotch dev team who are in the other room clacking away on their keyboards, actually continuing to make stuff happen while we're in here hooting and hollering like a bun- bunch of rambunctious weirdos. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, we don't advertise this show, so we depend completely on word of mouth and good reviews. So if you want to help us grow this podcast, uh, please tell your friends, tell your grandma, tell your dog's grandma. Uh, while you're at it, hit up iTunes, slap us with some with some five stars or wherever the hell you wherever you can rate this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really know about podcasts, so just, you, should, you should also tell your dog's dog about it. Tell your dog's dog's grandma's dog. Yeah, uh, and uh, that's all we got. Thank you everybody for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye bye. bye.